And so if you would please open your Bibles to um, Acts 27. We're going to revisit a familiar passage of scripture that we just recently preached on. But we're coming at it from a different angle today. If you remember picking up sticks, we're in that territory. But um, we're not going to pick up sticks today. We're going to do a little something different. And so the scripture reads, Acts 27, starting at verse 30, 21. It says, but after long abstinence, Paul stood forth in the midst of them and said, sirs, you should have hearkened unto me and not have loosed from Crete and to have gained this harm and loss. And now I exhort you to be of good cheer, for there shall be no loss of any man's life among you, but of the ship. For there stood by me this night the angel of God, whose I am and whom I serve, saying, Fear not, Paul, thou must be brought before Caesar. And lo, God has given thee all them that sail with thee. Wherefore, sirs, be of good cheer, for I believe God, that it shall be even as it was told me. Howbeit how we must be cast upon a certain island. But when the fourteenth night was come, as we were driven up and down in Adria, about midnight the shipmen deemed that they drew near to some country and sounded and found it twenty fathoms. And when they had gone a little further, they sounded again and found it fifteen fathoms. Then fearing lest we should have fallen upon rocks, listen at this, they cast four anchors. Somebody say anchors. They cast four anchors out of the stern and wished for the day. And as the shipmen were about to flee out of the ship, when they had let down the boat into the sea, under color as though they would have cast anchors out of the foreship, Paul said to the centurion and to the soldiers, except these abide in the ship, you cannot be saved. And so today I want to focus on these anchors. And the title of this message is, Has Your Soul Been Anchored in the Lord? Has your soul been anchored in the Lord? You may be seated. Sound, just let that stay right there. I declare that's a storm, ain't it? Being a Navy person, I've been in a storm like that. And the ship was rocking and reeling and just like that. And Lord have mercy, that's an unsettling feeling. But I'm here today to tell about it. <laughs> Do we have any Navy people in here? <laughs> Who knows that I'm telling the truth? Amen, somebody. Let's pray. Lord God Almighty, we thank you, we bless you, we praise you, we give you glory and honor for the blessing and the beauty of this another day. Father, we thank you so much for last night's rest in peace and safety and comfort and this morning's awakening in the same. Father, we thank you for this worship experience and we thank you, Lord God, for your presence here among us now. Thank you, Lord God, for moving among us, giving us grace, giving us strength, giving us mercy, giving us comfort that we all need for such a time as this. Thank you for the gift of Trustee Lavanya Rebels and her mom and her family and thank you, Father God, for wrapping your loving arms around them and giving them comfort that can only come from the throne of heaven. Thank you for Trustee Mildred Simmons and her family, Pastor Howard and the loss of his son. And thank you also, God, for being the God of all comfort because just like you're here in Norfolk, you're also there in Milwaukee. And we're believing you, Lord God, to just wrap your loving arms not only around Pastor Howard and his family, Trustee Mildred Simmons, but all the whole city of Milwaukee who have been shaken because of the loss of Dante. Help them, Lord God, to know that you have the bigger plan, the better plan, and you know what you're doing. So we give you praise, we give you glory, and God, we give you honor. And we pray thanking you right now, God, that, that you are thinking through my mind, that you're about to speak through my lips your precious words of life. To the end, O oh God, that these thy precious people here in the sanctuary on Facebook, on YouTube, shall be blessed, strengthened, enriched, encouraged, empowered, and equipped 
to run on and be everything that you've called created purpose and designed us to be father for such a time as this thank you for saving souls today thank you for restoring backsliders thank you for building your church for your glory honor and praise and for the good of your people so god walk with us for just a little while talk with us father for just a little while open our eyes that we might see you for who you really are god open our ears that we might hear you when you're talking to us touch our hearts father and cause our hearts to be made most sensitive to the nudgings promptings leading guiding and directing of your holy spirit order our steps in your word and lead us and guide us every day for your glory honor and praise and for our good. Father, we ask it in the name of Jesus. We thank you for it in advance. And Lord, we give you glory. God, we give you praise. And we give you honor. In Jesus' name, we pray and give thanks. Let the people of God who love the Lord shout amen. Amen, amen. Beloved, as we come to celebrate the great goodness of our God today, I'd like to ask Deaconess Walker, have you ever been through a real serious and trying storm in your life that shook you to the very core of your being? Thank you. Well, there are not many people who can truthfully say they have never faced a turbulent life experience. Sometimes, we create the storms ourselves, don't we? At other times, Deaconess McCray, storms just happen. They can't be predicted, although we know that they are coming, often, Iris, without notice. There are financial storms, can we say, man, somebody? Seasons when our money is very funny and it seems like our, strange is rather ch our change is rather strange. There are health storms when we find ourselves facing a negative health diagnosis or a major medical challenge. There are family and marital storms in which the safety and security of the family is in jeopardy due to the unfaithful actions of the boyfriend or girlfriend or husband or wife. Then there are job, career, and employment storms, Awanda during which our jobs and careers are in limbo. And it seems that a pink slip or a possible termination is in the very near future. There are also spiritual storms, Deborah, when we feel deserted and all alone in the true metal or quality of our God-given faith is tested as problem after problem and negative untrue accusations swirl around us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. Beloved, if the truth be told, we all have experienced one kind of storm or another. And as a matter of fact, each day <clears throat> when our eyes are blessed to open and greet the blessed light of a brand new day, we have no way of knowing whether a storm in it will break out before the setting of the sun. But as believers, we have over time learned to approach each day confident that no matter what happens in the course of a day, Lavanya, the great and mighty God whom we love and serve is able to keep us in the midst of our storm. Am I right about it? And by his grace and mercy, we'll work it out for his glory and our good because in his eternal word, he has promised that regardless of what we may go through, Deacon Dixon, in this life, all things work to the good of, of us who love him and are called according to his purpose. How many of you love the Lord today? Thus, Mount Gilead, we can safely assume that the attitude of the songwriter who said, I do not know how long it will be or what the future holds for me. But this I know, if Jesus leads me, I shall get home someday. And since we know, Deaconess McCray, that storms are bound to show up in our lives, it would be wise if we did our very best to prepare 
for them physically, emotionally, psychologically, financially, and spiritually to the best of our ability. And when I say that we should do our best to prepare, Sister Esther, for such unseen and unknown storms, I'm simply saying that it is vitally and critically important for us to be prepared, ready, and anchored to ride out any storm that could occur in our marriage, in our family circle, or even in our career or financial life. And beloved, one way to do that is to prepare when in advance with positive talk and actions before and, 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 and not during a storm. What are you trying to say, Pastor? Well, I'm simply saying that we should take intentional actions before storms arrive, seeking to prepare for them. Now, I don't know if you've ever noticed, but it is rather interesting to watch people who live in areas that are frequented by storms to dash to stores to stock up on supplies. <laughs> when they hear the first storm warning, how many of you know that is so true? You better hurry up, the milk gonna be gone. The eggs and the bread are going to be gone. And they just said it might snow. <laughs> well, <laughs> my point is, Minister Green, if we know that storms frequently come, why not keep the cabinet stopped? Why not uh, uh, keep plyboard for the windows, gasoline for the generator, and a plentiful supply of bottled water on hand? Now, that's preparation. And furthermore, Reverend Spellman, what we say and do during the storm matters. Also because storms have the ability to upset our nerves and shake our confidence to the very core of our being. Some storms can seriously zap our energy, weaken our strength, try our patience, causing us to lose our focus, balance, and sense of stability. Songwriter Kirk Franklin, you know him, says because some storms come to upset us, derail us, turn us around, and even tear us apart, we should in the name of Jesus speak to our storm and never let it destroy our faith and sense of peace and serenity that come from God himself. And one of Kirk's more popular songs, he wrote these lyrics, because of faith, I have a brand new day. The sun will shine and I will be okay. That's when I told the storm to pass. Storm, you can't last. You've got to go away. He says, speak to your storm in the name of Jesus and watch the hand of God as it pushes back the clouds of doubt and fear in your mind. Even when the storm rages, Amy, he will show you a brighter path. Greg O'Quinn's song, I Told a Storm, took this idea even further, Minister Gordon, because it showed a believer's response to desperate situations. When he wrote that, when he wrote what a believer might say when speaking to a storm, the believer might say something like this, Awanda. Wind stop blowing, flood stop flowing, lightning stop flashing, breaker stop dashing, darkness you got to go away, clouds you need to move away. That's what I told the storm, death can't shake me, job can't make me, bills can't break me, disease can't take me, you can't drown me, my God surrounds me. That's what I told the storm. Our beloved, I believe it's a good idea to open your sanctified mouth and speak to your storm. Because when you speak to the storm in your life, you're actually defying the devil. You're serving notice that you are ready, determined, prepared to stand the test for the long haul. And that while he rages, you intend to keep your eyes on the son of the living God, who is faithful to provide the faith that we need to weather our storms. The son of the living God. He's faithful to provide the peace that we need to weather our storms. 
He's faithful to provide the strength that we need to weather our storms. The grace and the mercy that we need, the help and encouragement that we need, the hope and focus that we need, the purpose and sense of significance that we need. And although we are aware that storms come and storms go, but we must make sure that our minds are made up and that we have a holy resolve to stay anchored in the Lord. Come hell or high water, we must remain anchored in the Lord. Regardless of the pandemic, we must remain what? Anchored in the Lord. Regardless of the political upheaval, unrest in government, and in our nation, we must remain what? Anchored in the Lord. Regardless of the LGBTQABC agenda, we must remain what? Anchored in the Lord. Regardless of the mass shootings gone wild, and they have become commonplace, but church, we gotta remain what? Anchored in the Lord, regardless of the rising of prices, prices of gas, food due to the war in Ukraine, regardless of the nuclear threats to the West from President Putin, regardless of, the, uh, of what goes on, regardless of the ruling of the Supreme Court and the divisive issue of abortion, to kill or not to kill, we must remain what? Anchored in the Lord. Church, I don't know about you, but I made up my mind a long time ago that I've come out here to live right until I die. And my soul is anchored in the Lord. I wonder today, are there any sold out saints and soldiers in the house who can boldly decree and declare that you are unashamedly a Christ follower? and that you've been washed in the blood of Jesus. Your name is written in the Lamb's book of life and that your soul has been what? Anchored in the Lord. Come on church, help me preach. If that's your testimony and you're not ashamed to give him glory, give him honor, praise. Somebody put your hands together and help me praise him. Help me give him glory. Help me give him honor. Help me give him the highest praise. Come on church. Somebody say yes. Well, Pastor Raglan and Sister Betty Jean, as we come to our text today, we find that it focuses on the blessed assurances that the Apostle Paul, one more time, Reverend Spellman, gives to the scared and frightened sailors that despite the storm, their lives would not be lost. The Apostle Paul, Minister Green, have been persecuted many times for his preaching about Jesus Christ and the coming kingdom of God. He appeared before several courts and after a hearing before Festus, he was ordered to appear before Caesar in Rome. Well, if you will remember, en route to Rome, a great storm broke out on the sea. The sailors on board fought fearlessly against the storm until, Chris, it became obvious to them that they were fighting a losing battle. Yeah. The storm threatened to capsize the ship, but they then discovered that it was pushing them toward rocky ground that would result in a crash. Yeah. To save the ship in their lives, listen to me closely. Yeah, and they cast four anchors into the sea to steady the ship. That's right, to stop it from drifting. Trustee Simmons, the anchors proved ineffective against the multi-directional wind and rainstorm called Eurachlodon. And ultimately, the ship was lost. Wow. They were told to grab a piece of the ship and do their best to make it to land. 
Well, Lavanya, in retrospect, all the sailors were filled with fear and anxiety. And to say the least, they were truly worried about dying and drowning at sea. And as strange as it may seem, everyone was filled with fear, anxiety, and were worried, watch this, except Paul. <laughs> because like Jesus, Paul had peace. And the peace on the inside of the apostle Paul was greater than the storm on the outside. I talked about that last week, so I'm going to leave it alone. So he had peace. In fact, Reverend Spellman, Paul was so confident that he told the sailors who had begun to abandon ship that unless they stayed with the ship, they would perish. Hi, beloved, I've come to tell somebody today that the apostle Paul was without a doubt anchored in the midst of that fierce and deadly multi-directional wind and rainstorm, even though the ship wasn't. The text tells us that the sailors threw four anchors into the sea in an attempt to steady the weather-beaten ship. But it did not help because due to the power of the storm, Yerachladon, the ship drifted away. However, it appears to me that Paul had some anchors as well. Holler at your neighbor said, now here comes the good news. And unlike the ship, his spiritual anchors steadied and kept him rooted and grounded despite the fierce, destructive, and deadly strength of the storm. How many of you know we need those kind of anchors? Yeah, 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 yeah. And so, and even though the ship, Reverend Spellman, was beaten, battered, shaken, tattered, and torn to pieces by God. Paul, unlike the ship, was able to stand steady <laughs> and strong despite the threat of the ferocious storm. Yeah. So, beloved, I don't know about you, <laughs> but when it's time to go through the storms of life, I'd much rather be equipped with the spiritual anchors of the Apostle Paul than the weak anchors of the ship that lost its life in the midst of that storm. Preach, Pastor. I'm good, bro. And all I'm saying is that the ship had four anchors. Watch this. But it died. Y'all gonna help me here today? I didn't say it had one anchor. I said it had four anchors. Cook God Almighty. And in spite of it having four anchors, Awanda, the ship died. But Paul, due to his anchors, he and the crew survived. Oh, help me, somebody. Yeah, 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 yeah. And without a doubt, when we face such storms in our lives, like the Apostle Paul, I want to be anchored, woo, Jesus, by the presence of God, anchored by the promises of God, anchored by the power of God, and last but not least, anchored about the plan of God. I just gave you the sermon. Let me say it again if you're writing down. I said anchored by the presence of God. Anchored by the promises of God. Anchored by the power of God. And last but not least, what? Anchored by the plan of God. Can we preach for a minute? 
Well, here it is, nugget number one. If we expect to make it safely through the fierce and ferocious storms of life, our souls must be anchored by the presence of God. Lord, have mercy, Jesus. If you don't understand that thing about God's presence, it's high time you find out. Beloved, when the ferocious storms of life come raging, surely and without a doubt, we can be steadfast and unmovable if we're truly anchored by the presence of God. Ah, beloved, even in the midst of that deadly, raging, multi-directional wind and rainstorm, Paul found that he was not alone. Did you hear me, Lavanya? He was not alone. Did you hear me, Trustee Simmons? For in verse 23, Paul said, For there stood by me this night the angel of God, whose I am and whom I serve, and assured me that the ship would not make it. But we must stay with the ship, and none of our lives will be lost. Help me, Holy Ghost. Beloved, those of us who have a real, genuine, authentic, intimate relationship with God, not weekend church relationship only, these saints are confident in the deadly, ferocious storms of life that the presence of God will be with us. Beloved, do you remember that when Israel was being pursued by Pharaoh, it was the divine presence of God in the form of a pillar of cloud by day and a pillar of fire by night that led them to the promised land. When they fought against their enemies on the other side, Moses stood on the mountain uh huh, and raised his hands to symbolize the presence of God. Furthermore, Samson was strong against the Philistines as long as the presence of God was with him. But once the anointing, the presence of God left him, Angela, he became as weak as any other man. David picked up this sentiment when he said in Psalm 23, verse 4, Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Why? For thou art with me. Beloved, Jesus gave his disciples and us an eternal, unfailing promise when he said, And lo, I'll be with you. Always. Holler at your neighbor and say, don't forget that. Which meant he'll never leave us and nor will he forsake us. Am I right about it? Therefore, as believers in Jesus Christ, Chris, we should remind you that we will never face the storms of life on our own. <laughs> We will never face the sickness, suffering, and hardships of life on our own. Did you hear me? I'm trying to nail it in. We will never face the difficulties, distresses, and disappointments of life on our own. We will never face the pains, the problems, the persecutions, and the perplexities of life, Helen, on our own. We will never face the troubles, the trials, the tests, the temptations, and the tribulations of life on our own. Beloved, I don't care what we go through. Every step, every valley, Every mountain, every situation, every condition, every dilemma, every circumstance will be graced by the presence of the great El Shaddai, the almighty God. If you're glad about it, give God a praise. And Patricia, even when we can't see him, peep this. He's there. Even when we can't feel his presence, peep this, he's there. Even when we can't sense his presence, peep this, he's there. 
even when we cannot detect his presence, uh, peep this, he's there watching, leading, guiding, directing, protecting, ordering our steps, and just being the God that he's always been. If you're grateful for the anchor of his presence, somebody shout glory. Nugget number two. If we expect to make it safely through the fierce and ferocious storms of life, our souls must be anchored by the promises of God. We doubt our presence. Now it's time to unveil the promises. So, beloved, as we see in our text today, Sister Esther, Paul was also confident in the midst of the storm because he remembered and placed his total and complete trust in the promise of God. Sometimes his promise is all you got left. Hello, somebody. Do I have any witnesses here? <clears throat> you see, Deborah, in Acts 27, 23, he said, the angel stood with me and told him not to be afraid. But verse 24 says, the angel promised him that he would make it to Rome and so would all of those on board the ship. The storm is going crazy. Don't look like we're going to make it, but God, you say Oh, Jesus. Anybody ever been there? That's why you got to get the promises deep down in your soul. Because when you're going through, sometimes it's hard to remember. Sometimes it's hard to hear the promises of God. But you got to get them deep down in there. Beloved, can you see it? He stood. Steadfast on the promise of God and peep this and it was enough pastor what you trying to say stay with me come a little close peep this he didn't need a fleece like Gideon the promise was enough he didn't need a sign from heaven the promise was enough he didn't need a prophetic dream. The promise was enough. He did not need a miracle moment. The promise, the promise, the promise was enough. <clears throat> Beloved, listen to me. God's greatest joy is to be trusted by his children. And so whenever God promises something, we can be assured that he will do exactly what he says. And just for your encouragement and edification today, what are a few things that God has promised? Well, in Psalm 30 verse 5, he promised us Levanya brighter days in storms of agony and pain saying weeping. <laughs> May endure for a night, but help me somebody. But joy gonna come in the morning. Psalm 34, 19, he promised to deliver us from affliction, saying, many are the afflictions of the righteous. But the Lord delivers him out, not some of them, but out of all of them. Romans 8, 28, he promised us that no matter what storms we encounter, he will work that thing together for our good. There he said, and we know that all things work together for good to them who love God and who are the called according to his purpose. First Peter 3.12, he promised that his eyes are over the righteous and his ears are what? Open to our cry. James 5.16b promised the effectual fervent prayers of the righteous avails much. Psalm 34 says, delight thyself also 
in the Lord and he shall give you the desires of your heart. Hebrews 11, 6 says, without faith it is impossible to please God. For he that comes to God must believe that he is and he's a rewarder. He's a rewarder. He's a rewarder to those of us who will diligently seek him. 1 John 5, 14 and 15, one of my favorites, and this is the confidence that we have in him. That if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And, we, and if we know that he hears us whatsoever we ask, we know that we have the petitions that we desire of him. Somebody give God a praise for the promises. Beloved, do you know there are 7,487 promises that God has made to man recorded in the Bible? Holler at your neighbor and say, that's a lot. There's at least one promise in every book of the Bible except the book of Titus. Therefore, we must learn. Stay with me. The promises of God. Get, get yourself some note cards. And learn how to plead the promises. Just like we plead the blood of Jesus. Oh, baby, we've got to learn how to plead the promises. But hear me. You can't plead what you don't know. The promises of God are the language of heaven. But the good news is we can be anchored in the fierce and ferocious storms of life if we'll just take the time to learn and remember to plead and firmly and confidently stand on the promises of God. Oh, I'm preaching better than you talking. Nugget number three. If we expect to make it safely through the fierce and ferocious storms of life, our souls must be anchored by the plan of God. For I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. Plans not to harm you, but to bless you, to give you hope and a future. I've got plans for you, says the Lord. Don't care what you're going through. Don't forget, I got a plan for your life. Beloved, Paul was also steadfast and confident in the storm because he was confident that regardless of the storm, God always has a plan for his children. Beloved, the idea is that any storm that threatens true believers is a part of the big picture that God is doing. And any difficulties that we might encounter, Terry, while he works out the big picture, be assured, whatever you go through, he will fix it so that it will work out for his glory and for your good advantage. I just said something there. No matter what it looks like, always remember that our great and mighty God, watch this, is also God. And he is sovereign king and ruler of the entire universe. He speaks and men will die. And he doesn't know, owe oh, anybody an explanation. He speaks and men will live. And the doctors will scratch their heads and say, I don't understand how. And yes, it may not always look like it, but at the end of the day, peep this, he's still on the throne. And holler at your neighbor and tell him he's still in charge. And so, beloved, as long as we know that God is on the throne, we should be comfortable knowing that whatever happens to us, 
in life is for the best, although sometimes we have no idea how. We find ourselves saying, Lord, I don't understand this. And I don't see how you're going to work this out for my good. It's about to kill me. And he said, it ain't for you to see. Hello, somebody. All I need you to do is look unto the hills from which cometh your help, knowing that all of your help comes from the Lord. Beloved, the story is told of a traveling evangelist who could not find a place to have his revival meeting. Trustee Harvey, finally he announced that he would have his meeting in a pasture under a large oak tree. There was no place to sit, Deborah, except on a stump, which was quickly, which was quickly seized by an elderly gentleman. However, Deacon Dixon, as the preacher prayed, he looked up and then looked down at the elderly gentleman and told him, you need to move. The old man refused because he had a comfortable seat right up front on a stump. When he refused the preacher, as several of the young men moved him, they did. Despite his violent protests, he created a storm of confusion. It ain't fair. You ain't asked nobody else to move. Shortly, Minister Green, after he was removed, a large dead branch of the tree fell on the very spot where the man sat. Had it not been for his removal, he would have died that day. What's my point, beloved? We can't always see God's plan. But we should be assured that he has one working for us even when we, like the old man, fight, cuss, scream, pout against what the Lord is telling us to do. But the good news, Chris, is that from every trial, every test, every storm that we go through, we learn a lesson, become stronger, wiser, and more confident for the next storm that's bound to come our way. If you got it, somebody shout amen. Here's your last nugget. Number four. If we expect to make it safely, through the fierce and ferocious storms of life, our souls must be anchored by our knowledge of God's past performances. Come on, somebody. Did you hear me? How did your neighbor say, don't forget what he's already doing? When you remember what he's already done, baby, that's a faith booster. Am I right about it? Oh, help me, Holy Ghost. When I think of the goodness of Jesus and all that he's done for me, my soul cries out, Hallelujah! I thank God for saving me. Well, beloved, as we have learned, the ship itself was lost, broken up, on the rocks but true to his word trustee Pierce all on board the ship were saved <laughs> and they eventually made it to their destination beloved when we look back over our lives we have seen God move and perform miraculously in our lives can I get a witness in here that's right such memories of what the Lord has done ought to help to anchor us. I can't move because I know what the Lord has already done. I'm not sure what he's going to do next, but I know what he's already done. 
you can't make me doubt him because I know too much about him. Oh, I feel like preaching. The ship was wrecked and destroyed, but we're still here. The car was wrecked and totaled, but we're still here. The house burned down to the ground, but we're still here. The business was lost in a major way, but we're still here. Am I calling anybody's name? The disease came and went, but we're still here. The surgery came and went, but we're still here. The diagnosis came and went, but we're still here. And because we're still here, in spite of all that we've been through, we ought to be anchored by the intimate and experiential knowledge that God is able to work it out. God is able to move on our behalf. God is able to make a way out of no way. Can I get a little help here? God is able to heal. God is able to deliver. God is able to set us free. God is able to do exceedingly. Come on and help me. Abundantly above what? Oh, that we could even ask or think according to the power that works within us. Oh, beloved, the good news today is that, if I, that, is, is that our great and mighty God will faithfully get us through our storm and land us safely on the other side. It may look like the storm is too great. It may look like the storms of life are going to prevail. It may look like such storms will surely cause us to fail. However, Amy, when the waves have all settled down, when the winds have ceased their blowing, when the rains have abated, when the storm clouds have moved off the scene, you will see that God was in control all along. No storm in this life will be able to blow up off the course God has determined for our lives. As a matter of fact, sometimes the storm comes to put us back on course. Amen, somebody. Some of us found ourselves in the far country living like the devil and he sent a storm to get us back in line. He will always secure us during the storm. And he will successfully deliver us to the safe harbor of his glory. Corey Ten Boom was a Christian who helped hide Jews from the Nazis. She was imprisoned and miraculously released a day before all of the people in her prison were sent to the gas chamber. Don't tell me God can't do it. In her book, The Hiding Place, all these powerful and most encouraging words concerning God's ability to bring us safely through, she says, when Jesus takes your hand, he keeps you tight. When Jesus keeps you tight, he leads you through your whole life. When Jesus leads you through your whole life, he'll bring you safely home. You just need to make sure that when it comes to prayer in your life, is prayer the steering wheel or is it the spare tire? Some of y'all will get that when you get home. I'm going to try again. I said, is prayer your steering wheel or is prayer your spare tire? Corey Ten Boom. Finally, beloved, we need to always remember that the bigger our storm, Helen, the heavier our anchor needs to be. Help me, Jesus. Ships always come with an anchor in proportion to their size. Holler at your neighbor and say, how big is your anchor? An ocean liner wouldn't have an anchor designed for a fishing boat. It ain't gonna work. A battleship can find little use for the anchor of a tugboat. Big ships need big anchors. When we're going through the storms of our lives, we need to be sure that we have an anchor big enough for the storm. 
Unfortunately, too many believers depend on lightweight anchors for heavyweight situations. A lightweight anchor, Reverend Spellman, is one that appears handy at the time. A lightweight anchor is easy to handle. A lightweight anchor is not very heavy in size. A lightweight anchor holds well on a quiet day in a harbor. <laughs> but the lightweight anchor is no good in a ferocious storm. Some have an anchor, but it's a lightweight anchor. Singing in the choir is a lightweight anchor if you don't know the Lord. Serving with the ushers is a lightweight anchor if you don't know the Lord. Church attendance is an anchor, but it's a lightweight anchor if you still don't know the Lord. Doing good deeds and helping others is an anchor, but it's a lightweight anchor if you don't know the Lord. Having your Bible on your cell phone is an anchor, but it's a lightweight anchor if you don't have the word in your heart. Hello, somebody. I'm going to leave you alone. I'm about done, I promise. When we are going through a storm, sometimes our neighbors try to give us one of their anchors. What you talking about, Reverend? They say, look, man, when I go through a storm, I throw salt over my shoulder. Tell them that ain't going to work. You can keep that one. Man, when I go through a storm, I kiss a horseshoe and put it over my door. Man, I find a four-leaf clover, fold it up and put it in my Bible. That's when you need to tell them, I'm sorry, but your anchor won't fit my boat. Your anchor won't fit my boat because my anchor must be able to be changeless and eternal. My anchor must be able to be able to withstand the winds and waves of life. My anchor must be able to wipe tears from my eyes. My anchor must be able to pick me up and turn me around, place my feet on solid ground. My anchor must be able to lift up my bow down head. In times like these, we need a savior. In times like these, we need an anchor. Be very sure your anchor holds and what grips the solid rock. This rock is Jesus, my rock in a weary land, my bridge over troubled waters, the one who died on Calvary, took the nails in his hands, the nails in his feet, the spear in his side, the thorns on his brow. This rock is Jesus. Yes, he's the one. He's the only one. Be very sure that your anchor holds and grips the solid rock. If you know your rock is Jesus, your anchor is Jesus, come on and put those hands together. Give God a praise. Give him glory to help you make it through the storms of life. Chris, you got voice today? My soul has been anchored in the Lord.